0: discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Hey, everyone.
1: Just a quick trigger warning on today's episode. We talk a lot about sexual abuse and assault, So if you are a victim of either of those or your life has been adversely affected by anything in today's episode, um, just wanted to give you a heads up that that's what's coming. Tony and I get pretty specific about some stuff and we open up a bit about our own um, kind of uh, failures in this area. So just please just know uh, we care about you. We want you to know what's in this episode. So know that we are praying for you. We love you and we hope that you can find healing and justice in your situation welcome back to absurdity an exploration of all things absurd in religion culture and society and i am excited because today is the day that two white guys talk about a historic black christian university or a, a historic black college or university hbcu uh good we're are we're 20 seconds in and i have already failed at pronouncing something this is a good sign so far, Tony. We're we're off to a good start. We're going to get fired over this episode. We're gonna <laughs> we're literally going to get fired from this podcast. It's still going to be called Absurdity with Ryan Becker, but someone else will be hosting it completely.
0: Yeah, completely different. It's not going to be sugar. Who's this Ryan Becker guy? The histori- historians are not quite sure who this Ryan Becker was. Some allege that he's simply a amalgamation of all the podcasters out there. <laughs> he's he's the uh he's he's like He's a a cultic symbol
1: of. (laughs) I love it.
0: A metaphor Um, for white, white podcast. No,
1: this is. So today we have something incredibly interesting to discuss and I'm, I'm excited to get into it, but I do want to say this first because we always want to open with this. It's not because we desire everything that you could ever give us, but mainly because no one listens at the end of podcasts anymore. So, um, it does. It is not free to host a podcast and for what we're doing and how we're expanding. Um, we do want to give you the opportunity to financially support what we're doing. So if you believe in absurdity, if you believe in uh, what Tony and I are doing here, and you want to see us uh, grow and expand as we're talking about um, doing some different things and, and trying things that, that we've never done, um, you can go to theabsurdity.org slash donate, and there are some options there for PayPal or Patreon. Anyone who, all patrons, anyone who donates any amount of money gets episodes ad-free and a little early, while anyone who donates $5 or more per month gets uh, also one bonus episode per month. And if you, uh, if you want to donate a custom amount, you're more than welcome to. And if you want to donate just once, that's also the place to go, theabsurdity.org slash donate. Tony, hashtag OUMeToo. The time has come. Interesting stuff, man. Now, this is hard because we're waiting quite literally almost three weeks, basically three weeks after this story has broken, um, when all yeah. this started. And I th- th- there's a reason for that. Um, I don't like talking about this stuff right when it happens because information is still coming to light usually. The story isn't. It's yeah. not that I want to talk about it when the story is complete only, but it's one of those things where it's really important that we kind of wait to see how it levels out moving. Yeah. And then because there's no use in us talking about this for an hour. And then a week later, having to come back and correct a bunch of crap, <laughs> like I have zero interest in doing that. Yeah, and,
0: and and this would be something where we really would have to do that because, you know, reputations and livelihoods are at stake, you know, with this kind of thing. Um, and I think it's just really important that you wait. I, you know, I, I'm always reminded in situations like this of the Boston Massacre where you had news outlets reporting, you know, because it was all about get the, the quickest, get the information out the quickest. And so you had some fairly reputable news outlets getting stuff completely wrong because they weren't interested in being right. They were interested in being fast. Yep. And I just think that that's very irresponsible. Um, I, that to me was the moment that I realized Twitter and Reddit were the future. Mm. Um, because i was getting information on twitter and reddit that was hands down more accurate and quicker than the news media were um you were getting direct statements from people um it wasn't second hand it wasn't a spin you know they weren't trying to make it more salacious and it's 19 people you know they're all screaming you know and, and no It was very quick. It was, this is, this is what we know so far. This is what's happening, you know, on the scene type of stuff. And, and because of that, I always said, you know, I, you just have to wait. It, it, it's so much better to wait just a little bit, even if you get scooped and be correct Yes, and make sure you have all your facts in line. Um, and to me, that's always been, and to me, that's the market of good investigative reporting. Mm Mm-hmm is that you're not just printing something flashy you're printing something that has substance and you and you can back it up yep. um, well and and so and and with that when we're talking about a subject like what we're talking today and and this is bigger than oh you me too but it's definitely what it started you want to i mean you know you as a guy you always have trepidation because you hope that you've never made A female feel uncomfortable a female you you hope you've never made a a woman feel uncomfortable a lady feel uncomfortable um and and you always hope that hey this is not going to turn out to to come back on me and and so a lot of guys don't want to go into this subject and talk about it they want to kind of avoid it and it's like no we have to talk about this but in order to do it you do have to do it responsibly yeah um and so that's, you know, that's why we're coming out a little bit late because it's like we want to we want to make sure that what we're talking about is bigger than just the incident and also that the facts are correct. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this is
1: one of those yeah. instances. And let's be clear. Today we're talking about Oakwood University um, and we are talking about something that's been going on with Oakwood. But this issue in general is larger than Oakwood. It just so happens that Oakwood is the place where this got publicized. Um, where this kind of, it's, it's, it's like ground zero. Yeah. It's ground zero for this happening on our, in, yeah. at our institutions, but this is an institutional problem, no matter what. Um, yeah. And I'm not just talking about schools and I know I work for one. I, this is an institutional problem, period. I mean, every denomination, hospital, yeah, churches, every, every part, everyone's having these issues. Um, the fact yeah. that Oakwood is the first one that this is happening to in Adventism as far as in a public way. Um, yeah. That's just bad luck for Oakwood at this point so but the reason i say this is because we're not attacking oakwood today i think the the bigger yeah. conversation is what we're after but to do that we need to right. through what actually
0: happened regarding oakwood so right and 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 that's what sparked yeah. this conversation which is it is absurd that we're not talking about it as a church for the most part um so in a way it's 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 good that it's out there. You, you of course wish it would never happen. You know, I, w- I, I honestly, sincerely wish we could live in a world where we would never have to worry about this. Where all we had to worry about were, you know, bears attacking us and raptors getting inside your house because yep. your front door isn't a, isn't a knob. You know, I, I sincerely wish that that was the world that we live in. But it's not. But unfortunately, humans are predators too, and we need to talk about this. We need to deal with it. And a lot of people and and. You know, I'm sure we're, we're putting up a trigger warning before this, but a lot of people, when they hear that trigger warning, it, it's just going to bring them to a bad place because there's so many, you know, I've had issues. I've struggled with this as a guy on the receiving end of it. Yep. And and it's and it's just one of those things that you just you wish it would never happen to anyone, but it does. And so the fear of talking about it should be so much less than the fear that women have and and even men in, in our institutions that they have to go through thinking that they are not safe. So I think we need to talk about it. I think we need to, that's one of the first ways to start making it safe is to start talking about it, get it out in the open, and then deal with it with policy. Yep. So now that we're
1: eight minutes in, let's actually say what happened. Um, <laughs> so so we're two minutes early. early September. Um, early September, a Twitter account surfaced uh, going by the handle oume one And it started posting anonymously submitted stories of sexual assault and abuse that were happening on and around the campus of Oakwood University. Um, These were stories that were very graphic in detail. And in addition to said stories that were now gaining traction, not only, yeah, not only were there stories, but people were also sharing specific names. And this grew into this big thing, hashtag OU me too. Um, It's latching onto the hashtag movement. Um, chiming in. Yeah. People started chiming in some defending, some trying to defend their friends who they felt were being falsely accused. Others trying to kind of warn girls about other girls about this thing. And, and I should be like, this was all targeted one direction. I didn't see I, when I scrolled through, I couldn't find a single thing about a girl. So this was this this was not targeted one direction, but it was all kind of going one direction as far as genders are concerned. Um, But I certainly don't want to just pretend like guys are never taken advantage of. So and I have a feeling knowing um, knowing how Twitter works that had. I have a feeling that and this would happen in general, um, but if someone came in with kind of any sort of alternative story, they would get demolished because social media works that way. Um, but this is, there was one dude, I actually remember who was upset because he, he said one of his friends got falsely accused and he went off on Twitter. He popped off on Twitter and, uh, he got attacked. He got just attacked for it relentlessly. And so this was happening. It was kind of all over the place. Um, basically there's, there was one girl we will link her Twitter in, uh, the show notes, but one girl who was really kind of out there as far as like really trying to take hold of this latch onto it and, and make some an advocate for change out of it. So she tweets out around the 4th or the 5th of September, hey, um, you know, here's Oakwood's phone line. Let's flood these calls as soon as the office opens tomorrow and demand that they make a statement about this, that they address this issue, and like, and actually do something about all of these stories of sexual assault and abuse that are happening on their campus. Um, and all these guys are having their Facebook, like screenshots of their Facebook being shared on Twitter, um, and like, this has gotten big. Right. There are people that are saying they're lawyering up, get finding attorneys and getting ready for these for impending lawsuits, whatever. So um, this call comes and um, this call, these calls come in and Oakwood eventually puts out a response and we'll link to that as well. In the show notes, there's, there's links to everything we're referencing today in the show notes um, and the link, the, the, the Oakwood's response, they share it as an image on all social media and the response is basically like hey we take complaints of sexual assault and abuse seriously if you uh if you if you or you know if you or someone you know has been abused or sexually assaulted please contact our our dean who who oversees this um you know will we're going to investigate and then dr pollard the president also made calls for um also made calls for the basically for the school to reinvestigate its title IX – policies. Um, and this is something that actually goes up to the president as well, not because Dr. Pollard did anything, but there's one tweet. It did not gain a lot of traction, but I saw it and it stood out like it stood out, not to me, but like, it just kept staying up on top of popular, even though it wasn't getting a lot of like retweets and stuff. But there was someone that said, um, is anyone going to talk about Dr. Pollard's brother? Um, And that was it. There was nothing more than that. And so I know this is something that has the potential to kind of rock administration as well, one way or the other. Um, But the yeah, so there's this call that goes out and then um, and people start criticizing Oakwood for their response being weak and being too passive. And then Carlton Bird, the pastor of the Oakwood University Church, which I don't know if like there's a name other than Oakwood University Church. I'm not Uh, this is the first I've needed to reference the church specifically. So now I don't remember.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't remember either. So
1: either way, um, Carlton bird, the pastor there speaks on sexual abuse and we'll link to a tweet that, that references a specific clip that he says, this is what he says. He says, sexual abuse, sexual abuse is of the devil and victims. Um, you ought to speak, stand up and say something. And um, so he says, it's of the devil, it's wrong, and victi- if you've been a victim of sexual abuse or assault, you need to stand up, you ought to stand up and or, um, and say something. And then in the very next sentence, he says, but let me also say this, false accuse the devil is a false accuser. Um that's the literally his name in the Old Testament and he talks about the devil being someone who just is is all about falsely accusing and he says if you are someone that's making false accusations against someone else then you are you are of the devil like false accusations are of the devil and he uses that 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 phrase again so he literally equates sexual abuse as evil as falsely accusing someone and there's a reason that this is problematic and in my opinion, rightfully so got called out. (laughs) Um, but for the sake of objectivity, I'm just going to say exactly why it was called out. Basically it was called out because, um, while yes, false accusations are wrong, they've ruined a lot of lives. Um, there's actually a lot of, there's statistics out there. We'll link to those as well. I have the studies and the scratch actually released an article that also references those studies. Um, the, basically 2 out of every 10 accusations of sexual assault are false 2 out of every 10 so what you've done is you've equated the two false accusations with the eight actual instances of assault and abuse that are reported every every 10 um every 10 accusations that happen so, he's equated things that really don't have equal weight as far as concern is, is um, as, as far as like concern about accusations matters. So, that's why people flipped out about this. And I happen to agree with that assessment. I don't think this was wise on his part to, in the same breath, say something. If he wanted to say something about false accusations later, that's fine. But the other reason that other people came on in, to him for this was because he, um, this also tends to silence actual victims because they become afraid to speak up for fear of being labeled a false accuser. So like this is there's 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 more here than just like oh he's falsely equating because of statistics. No, this is actually the kind of rhetoric that has silenced a lot of victims because victims are always told you are falsely accusing, we don't believe you. Oh but he's so and so and he's such a good guy and he would never do this or he's just trying to get an education and we you know we don't want to disrupt that, right? All of this happens. And so they already know they're fighting an uphill battle to seek justice. And now you've just made it harder. So bird gets under attack. Bird comes under attack for that. And Tony, can you kind of walk us through his response? Um, do you have that tweet pulled up?
0: Yeah, uh, I do. Hold on. Uh, so his response specifically was this, it has come to my attention that a portion of my sermon on September seventh, two 2019, may have been misunderstood by some of our online viewers who may not be aware of the immediate context in which the statements were made. The entire Oakwood University church and community was shocked and saddened by a revelation of hurtful experiences endured by a number of students expressed online, primarily using Twitter. The manifestation of these horrifying stories is indicative of several breakdowns in our community. We must- We must create safer spaces for students and community members and affirming mechanisms to ensure that they receive justice wherever they speak out. As was stated in the full sermon, sexual assault is wrong and abusers should be prosecuted and brought to justice. The Twitter account, upon which the experiences and accompanying statements were shared last week, later shared an apology to acknowledge that one such statement had been proven to be false. The statements in the sermon sought to address these very unfortunate occurrences. False statements make it harder for actual victims to be heard and believed. I continue to stand with all those whose stories need to be heard. I have heard, I have already begun to connect with the church and community leaders who will help to provide additional counseling and legal counsel to all those involved. With regards, Dr. Carlton Peabird.
1: So, there's also something about this that's also problematic. In the third, fourth paragraph, fourth paragraph, because I'm looking at this now too. This is the Twitter account, OUMeToo, upon which the experiences and accompanying statements... Were shared last week, later shared an apology to acknowledge that one such statement had proven to be false. One. This dude gave, listen, Carlton Bird, great, great preacher. I know that he's been beloved by a lot of people for a lot of years. This was a misstep on his part. Can we just, like, that's me putting it lightly here, but this was not a wise move from him. I get what he's trying to say. And I'm glad that he is reaching out and working with community members to fix this. But one false accusation out of all of those. And now you're giving that equal weight in your sermon. In fact, I would say you almost, I think he gave it more time than he did in saying sexual abuse and assault is wrong in that same little clip. So this is something that's really interesting to me. I think this was a misstep on him, and I don't think it was worth in your sermon, giving equal weight to something to one false accusation. And believe me, I've, I'm someone who has been falsely accused very in a very minor fashion, and I understand the fear that that has. I understand the, 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 the fear that gi- that gives you, right, and fills you with. But I'm sorry, the weight's not the same because the fear that you experience of a potential false accusation is nowhere near the pain and hurt and fear that victims of actual sexual assault and abuse feel like I can't, I can't equate those two. Um, so this was like, this was a big misstep on, on pastor, uh, pastor birds, you know, part. I don't know. I like, I, I really, that's, I really wrestle with that. I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't
0: think that was good from him. Well one of the one of the things that I saw online too is people I, I I have not seen the sermon. Um I only saw clips of it on Twitter and people's responses to it. One of the things that a lot of people said that they complained about was that this had this was a a tangent in the sermon. This was not the main point of the sermon. This was not something he he kind of stepped aside if you will to bring this up and they go if you're going to step aside to bring it up and you bring up both parts of it. You you know, you really should have if you're going to bring it up like that, you really need to make it the entire, you know, focal point of your sermon so you can explain both those things more in depth. Um so to me, I, I very much see where that that complaint comes from. I can see where that would make sense of, hey, you know, you need to be able to if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about something this important, which it is important and should be talked yeah. about, you really ought to make it the whole focal point of everything that you say for that sermon. And I you know, yeah. It it's something that I I'm going to disagree with this statement about false false accusations make it harder for victims, uh, harder to believe victims. I I, I disagree with that. Um, false accusations. What if the false accusations that false accusations make it harder for actual victims to be believed. Um. That's I, I disagree with that. I understand you wanting to protect people and say, hey, lying is just as bad a sin as anything else. All sin is bad. Lying is bad. But that's not what was said. Um, What was said was sexual abuse is the same as a false accusation. And the degrees of destruction are very different very 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 different um women are i'll put it this way uh oswald wrote a a essay and he talked about uh why you need to be careful in comedy and and with edgy comedy why a joke why saying an edgy joke Works and doesn't work. What makes it funny? What makes it not funny? He goes: If you are saying an edgy joke, but you are the the punchline comes against the person who is not the oppressed, that makes it funny. So you can joke about something that is a, a terrible instance, say you know the Holocaust. But if the joke is m- meaning to make those who perpetuated the Holocaust, the Nazis, look bad. Then that's something that that's that's the humor that it comes from and obviously you don't want to do something that serious unless you have uh, a connection to it. Right. But he goes that's why you know a Jewish person is able to joke about that because he's they're not say they're not talking about or what makes it funny is not that they're talking about. Oh well the oppressed people. Yeah. It's about those who are doing the oppressing. Yeah. And I go the issue that we have when you say something like that is you make it seem like it's both sides. Like, well, it's about fifty fifty, and it's not. And here's the thing. out of a thousand, this is on rain, out of a thousand cases, only about two hundred and thirty come forward. Um I've heard three hundred and ten, two hundred and it it changes. but the reality is anywhere from less than a quarter to a third, less than a third, of actual cases gets reported. That's an FBI statistic by the way, linked in the okay. description. That's a real thing. That's not me going, "Oh yeah yeah." That's a real thing. So <laughs> and and the reasons for it are so varied, but if if that's the reality of it, the problem is so much bigger, so much bigger than a false accusation. Then you you need to make one line about, "Hey, you don't try to destroy someone's life. Don't use this as a weapon." But your support needs to be for the victims. That needs to be the focal point. It has to be the focal point, Um, because I think it is wrong. I'm just getting emotional over this. I think it is wrong that any woman feels unsafe in our churches, in our schools, in any Christian environment. I think that is one of the biggest travesties and, and injustices that they should not feel safe. That is, that is absolutely wrong. Um, and we can talk all about, you know, well, feeling safe. You know, I remember a few years ago at Yale, there were people who said, well, I don't feel safe anymore because you know, with, with, with Halloween costumes, that's a debate for a different time. I don't care why they're not feeling safe. The fact that they do not feel safe is wrong and we need to address it and we need to talk about it and and unfortunately anything that's going to make them not come forward needs to be dealt with much more carefully because they're not coming forward they're not coming forward and thank god we finally have something like twitter to to hold in accountability the institutions and individuals who are making women feel unsafe mm-hmm. I. Uh, that is. That is. It. it yeah. I, have to be I. careful. I'm getting. I'm
1: getting <laughs> I agree with They've everything you've out. said. Um. Except. I would disagree. I do think that false accusations do make it harder for victims to be believed. But I believe that's because of the psychological impact on the people receiving the false accusations, like the people being reported to, not the people being reported on
0: okay that's like fair. like that's so fair. the psychological
1: impact of i've been lied to before about this i've been reported to it was a lie i don't now i'm now i'm hesitant to believe them again that's now i'm hesitant to believe something
0: yeah okay
1: All so right. i can I, see that. like i can see that. i disagree with it from that perspective but um agree with pretty much everything else you've said and i just think this is a misstep on carlton bird and i think i think the best thing for him to do at this point is to say hey i'm sorry I'm gonna do better um
0: Well, and and to me, that's the statement. The statement needed to be. Yes, the statement should have been. You know what? And this is this is this is always for my. This is my personal apology. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to me. I'm gonna make this personal. Whenever I hurt someone, I do not try to defend myself. In fact, a lot of times on my apologies, I don't even address the issue. I don't say here's what I should have said or whatever. I go. People were hurt by what I said, and for that, I apologize. Yeah. I. I, I take it back. I revoke it. People were hurt by what I said, and that was not the point. End of statement. Yep. End of statement. End of statement. Yeah. Um, I don't quote statistics to prove that I was right. I don't quote I don't I don't I don't defend myself. I go, you know what? Someone was hurt. This is wrong. I I'm sorry. End of story. Um to me anytime you start to defend yourself in an apology it, it negates it for me personally anytime i try to do it it negates it i'm not apologizing anymore at that point i'm i'm defending myself and 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 i feel that i have cheated someone else out of an apology i i'm it's it a, an apology should be remorse mm-hmm. um And so, to me, in that way, I think the statement should have been much more of an apology than Mm -hmm. than a an official statement. Well, and let's talk about like how many. Okay, how many? Which which an apology to my knowledge has not been issued on by anybody for any reason. No, no, no. I'm no. Uh, No, you know what? The
1: only "I'm sorry" came from the account that started it by saying "We're sorry." One of these was a false accusation, and then they deleted themselves. The account no longer Correct. exists, so I'm just saying. Um, yeah. The other thing here is how many? You looked this up before we began. I forget what the number is. How many actual? Or did I look it up? How many actual? Uh, how many actual rapes are? Um, or sexual assaults are actually um get reported? Twenty-three percent. That's what it was. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. yeah, we went over that then. I that's I guess I spaced important. out. Um. Okay. So one thing that I do need to go back and cover here, I meant to do this earlier and I forgot, but it is important. If you don't know what Title IX is um, and you listen to this podcast, then just so you know what Title IX is, Title Nine is a 1972 um, education amendment and it's a... Um, it's a, it's a federal thing. Basically, the, the Title IX is this. No person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. So this applies to any school, K-12, through or college that receives any sort of financial uh, federal funding. So this includes yeah. Pell Grant, this includes any government grants, this includes every, anything from the government that comes your way, um, that benefits your school, federal work study, all of it. You receive anything. a dime yeah. from the government, you are required to follow Title IX. So, and,
0: and normally, well, not normally, uh, up until recently, the last five, six years or so, this has mostly been about sports. Um, or women being able to attend a college, you know, women should be able to go to Harvard or women should be able to go to, you know, Princeton or whatever, um, or sports, you know, they need to have a female X team, a female, this team, a female, that team, because it's not right that only men are able to do that. So that's more what title nine has been known for. But now it is being much more used about, uh, uh this idea of abuse discrimination and, and just abuse, you know, uh, uh justice for abuse yeah and that's that's almost all that all the lectures and and seminars and meetings that we have on it that's really what it's all about and i think i mean anyway that's that's title nine i won't i won't get into that but that's title nine yep i yeah so if you if you yeah yeah Title IX
1: applies this to all students, regardless of gender identity. Schools may not retaliate against someone filing a complaint and must keep complainants safe from other retaliatory harassment. Schools, are, can, schools cannot discourage you from continuing your education. All schools are subject to it that receive federal funding. Schools should ensure that no student has to share campus spaces, such as dorms, classes, and workplaces, with their abuser. Schools can issue no contact directives, to prevent accused students from approaching or interacting with you. Schools, that's a can issue, so that seems optional. Schools must be proactive in ensuring that your campus is free from sex discrimination. Schools must have an established procedure for handling complaints of sexual discrimination, harassment, and violence. Okay, I don't know how else to say this. I get that Title IX is a huge pain in the butt for administrators to deal with. I hear a lot of complaints about Title IX, and I understand that if you are the second you are accused, uh, you're on the back foot. But I don't see a problem with Title IX on its own. I'm glad it's there. And if you think, ah, we shouldn't receive federal funding because we have to follow things like Title IX, I don't know how to help you. But this is a good thing in general. There are probably specific instances where this falls short because not every policy is perfect. But anything we can do for victim advocacy is huge. And the fact that this is so intent to protect um, protect victims and protect those are who are reporting is huge. Um, so I, that's all I'm going to say there. Um, so that is title nine, just so anyone, if anyone's curious about it, doesn't know about it, whatever. Um, now, you know, so where we're at now with, OU me too, basically is a lot of it's died down. Um, a lot of the tweets and stuff, it's kind of dwindled. It's lessened for now. Um, it's kind of leveled out. So there's not a whole lot of activity that we've seen. We're recording this episode for reference on September 15. So there could be more in a week. And if so, you probably would have heard me add a preamble to this episode about it. So if there's no preamble. It means I didn't see anything between when we recorded this and when this went live. Um, like if you didn't hear anything before the episode started about it. So um, there's one more thing. Specifically I want to talk about this or I want to talk about from this and it is from a um it is from a article from AL.com, which is basically Alabama.com, but um it is an Alabama kind of news sort uh news source, Alabama media group, and they kind of they're one of the news outlets that got a hold of this story. And in the midst of that article, they quoted a student, they asked it they they asked they interviewed a student, and the student gave his perspective on something. And this is what he says as far as his feelings on the topic of, um, of sex and, uh, or, and everything sexual assault and abuse at Oakwood. He said, and we'll link this in this description, I promise. The leadership of Oakwood University tries to reflect the values and traditions of the Adventist church. Many of the students there come from Adventist academies around the world. When abstinence is the only instruction... Kids try to figure it out themselves. Students aren't given a safe space to explore sex. And this movement is a direct result of cutting off the conversation. Okay. Now, I have significant issues with this. Because let me be clear. All right, let me be clear before I say what I'm about to say. First of all. I am all for calling out the institution when it needs to be called out. That is, I've made that no secret on this podcast. I call us out for a lot of stuff and I am proud to be an Adventist. I'm proud to be a Christian. I'm proud to be where I am. I'm proud to be working at Southern. All right. But I have no, like I'm no stranger and I'm comfortable with calling out the institution. However, I'm only okay with calling out the institution when it actually deserves to be called out about something. All right. Now I fully, I will, I will, I will give him, I will concede as much as possible here that yes, Adventism has not handled sex education. Well, cool. All right. That's all I can give him here because I cannot blame the institution for an individual male's decision to violate someone else's boundaries, violate someone else's innocence, and violate someone else's sexual um, sexual boundaries as well. Sexual abuse is not the fault of the institution; it is the fault of the individual abusing. However, the, the caveat there is the institution can absolutely protect abusers. It can. It can the the institution, and it has before, and multiple institutions have. And, but the institution not being specifically Oakwood, but I mean the institution like just any institution. um, yeah. Right. We've done a lot in perpetuating abuse and allowing and creating a system Cree- where it creating can. Creating an environment yeah, where it's allowed. Yeah. Where, 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 like, it can, where it can happen. Where it can happen. But I will, I refuse, well, I refuse to let any sexual abuser off the hook for what was their decision. That's, that's like to violate that boundary.
0: So I will say, okay, I understand this, this idea of abstinence only does it. Like I said, you know, we, we dropped the ball a little bit as far as sex education. We have, we just have, and most, and here's the thing. If you get sex education in the Adventist system, you're getting more than most Adventist kids. Um, That's just it. We just don't talk about it at all. Yeah, That should be another episode we talk about. Um, but this is just the reality is like most don't get anything. So I do acknowledge that fact of, yeah, when you get to a place, you, you, you don't understand what boundaries are, right? Every person here understands consent. If you don't understand what consent is, you need to get tested. And I'm not, that is not a joke. Three-year-olds. Been proven scientifically to be able to understand, comprehend, and acknowledge consent. They just may not know the literal word consent. They don't know what that word means, but they understand the concept. Yeah, and like there have literally been studies on this. Um, and so it's like, yeah, if you don't understand what that is, okay, you may not understand the 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 greatest harm that sex education has done is actually ruined marriages, not created sexual assault okay um it, it, it is frustrating to me when someone says that because it takes the blame off of the individual and I think you said it I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let uh, I'm not gonna let these people off the hook and and that's that's it, okay you doing this violation, is wrong end of story and by the way if anyone is actually studying their bible the way that they should the way that we claim we're supposed to as adventists you will read right there in exodus in deuteronomy in numbers and leviticus you will read that it is wrong so for someone to say well it's because we're not teaching sex education right and so then they they exp- no That is that is incorrect. That's wrong. Um it's just it's just not even close to being right. It's not in the ballpark of being right. Yep. And more than anything, that it's dangerous. And I understand what they were trying to well it it seems to me what their spirit was trying to say, which was well, we need to get such a sex education right. Look, if knowledge was all it took, nobody would smoke. Okay? Now granted, knowledge is helping. And smoking is down to like 14%. But understand, smoking kills you. Smoking by itself yep. kills you. Every cigarette you take lowers your life. If knowledge was enough, it would have eradicated that. If knowledge was enough, we wouldn't be dealing with racism. We wouldn't be dealing with terrorism. We would be having extreme accountability in our, our governments, world governments. Our economics would be completely different. If knowledge was enough, our world would be working at an optimal level because this is the age of information. You could argue back in you know pre-Gutenberg days in the Middle Ages when people were afraid of the sun. You can argue that because people couldn't read, they couldn't communicate, they were isolated from each other. In the days of the internet, you cannot say, oh, well, this is working out. Yeah. All you need is knowledge you just need to you just need to educate them It's an irresponsible statement, and it takes the blame off of the person and here's why i'm I'm incensed by this because this is not just an oakwood problem. this is not just an an adventist problem. this is a world problem, so to say well, it's happening because of sex education, okay, explain to me why this happens so often on public campuses then, yeah. And you can say, well, they don't do good sex education. So now you're just arguing levels of sex education. Well, what is? Yeah. What is correct sex education? And now we're on a completely different subject. And that's the danger of it is now we're not talking about. Do you see how quickly the subject has shifted? That's the danger of it. Is that immediately you start changing the conversation. Conversation needs to be. How do we prevent, how do we make our women and men feel safe on campus? That even if this horrible, terrible thing happens, that there's a place where they can feel safe to go to and say, this needs to stop. Yeah. And and it is a headache, and I will agree 100%. But if we cannot make that provision... Well, let me... Let me go a step. Then, then, then we need to. We need then in our institutions. We need to. We need to take a deep, hard look at what we're really trying to do and stand for. Let me let me even go a step further.
1: If the headache is a bigger deal to us than the fact that women and men are being abused and assaulted on our campuses or at our institutions, then there's there's an even bigger problem. Like that. That that's it. Like I've. I get that it's a headache. This you accepted this role if you're in a position that you have to directly deal with this. This is your job. This is what you have to do. This is what you accepted. This is the responsibility that you accepted. Um, There are parts of my job I don't like. I do them. Um, There are parts of my job that I love, and I do them, and I love doing them way more than the parts I don't like. But I have to do the parts I don't like, too. And listen, I know, 100%, I know that in my life, I know that I have, especially, like, it was especially true in high school. Okay? I know that... Um, I did inappropriate things. I know that no matter what age and no matter what, as far as consent was concerned and the other person saying yes, um, I know that the things that I did, I should never have done. Um, and there's part of me that hasn't gone back and apologized to those people because to, you know, to, it's not that many, the list is not long. Um, but to those people and i'm talking about things like like general like sexting like the things that are kind of unfortunately now normal for even people below 8th grade um i have a friend who used to teach second grade who um was having problems with sexting in her second grade class so it's gotten way younger than when it was a problem for me yeah but um part of it is cuz i feel like i don't know if they've forgotten about it and i don't want to reopen like an old wound if i don't have to um but I get that I've made decisions that cause women to feel uncomfortable. And I've taken, I've tried to, from from the point that I realized it on, I've tried to make that right and use my platform to do something good about this um,
0: and, and in this area. Um, Absolutely. Fully understand and that. Look, I come I come from a hugging culture. Okay. I come from a culture that hugs people. I come from a family that hugs people. I used to hug people without asking permission. Then I came to Southern. I made someone feel uncomfortable. I was specifically told don't. And I reacted badly. I reacted Mm -hmm. badly. Basically, I would very publicly and very loudly say, can I give you a hug? And then go and hug them, not realizing the other side of it because I was immature because I didn't realize what that actually meant. And then someone explained to me why someone would feel that way. And once I understood that, I said, wow, I was completely in the wrong. Yeah. And I apologized. I apologized. And I try to do my best from that point on, and 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 now I, this is the reality: is I I almost always ask for permission if I'm not paying attention. Sometimes I'll just do it, but for pretty much everything, I go, "Oh, can I give you a hug? Is that cool?" I just ask, yeah, because some people it's not okay, and some people make them feel uncomfortable, and and I, I that's I don't want to mm-hmm. make anyone feel unsafe. Now that's not true. I want to do my best to make sure that people are are feel safe with me Mm -hmm. and if they feel unsafe i want to be able to address that and correct it yeah well but there are some people that do want to feel unsafe i want people who are abusers i want them to feel unsafe with me i want them to feel like they are they are not safe with me around that i do want because i i want i want them to know that those actions are not okay those are the people that i want them to feel nervous and uncomfortable yeah and And that you that your actions are not okay, but I want to make sure that <laughs> victims are safe with me, yeah, I agree, and that they feel like I am someone that they can come to,, yeah. but this is just just the reality it's like yeah you 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 try to do the best, and when you learn it you you continue to move on and mm-hmm. you try to improve as a human being, but the only way we can do that is at, and i i I hope that I will react the same way that I'm reacting now if and and I'm not saying that I know of something, but if I have made someone feel uncomfortable in that way, if they come forward and say, "Hey, you know, this time this happened, you know, it just I didn't I felt uncomfortable, I didn't like it," that I will have the same reaction. I hope, and that's why I'm prepping for it. But my thing mm-hmm. is, I want to make sure people feel because someone cannot, ooh, getting hot. Someone cannot truly and honestly feel the presence of God when they are scared. It is, it is, cannot make this sound like it It is much more difficult for someone to feel the presence of God when they are scared. Scared of what? Let's, let's qualify that. When they're, when they are scared of the environment they are in. Okay. Does that make sense? So, when, if, if they come to a church service and someone there has made them feel uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: The, the presence of God overshadowing them,
0: that is going to be a miracle in and of itself. It, it's going to be, it's going to be m- so difficult for them yeah. to feel the presence of God. Okay. I understand now. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? It is so difficult for that. Yeah. Okay. And, and, we haven't talked about it for so long. We've just hidden it under the rug and not dealt with it as a whole. There are places that have and kudos to them. That's awesome. As we've said many times on the podcast, we're, we encourage you keep doing it. You're doing it right. I haven't heard many of them. And off the top of my head, I can't really think of them, but I know please they're doing it right. And I've had to have uncomfortable conversations with my young adults and saying, guys, we all need to do this background check. We need to do it. If you want to lead, if you want to be involved, you got to do it. You just have to. Not because I don't trust you, not because I don't like you, but because this is what we, you know. I want to keep our kids safe I want to keep our our and and we were trying to get a hundred percent every single leader every single person in a leadership position and realistically every single person that came through our doors we wanted to have a background check on mm-hmm. um not because we oh we we just want to be safe yeah and and this is a place where there is love and healing and and without judgment, but if you have if you have a record we need to know. Yep. We need to be able to know that we have to be able to know that in order for things to be safe. So I, I think it's just so huge that we address this head on. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree hundred percent and take that and take that step and say, you know what, if I've some, made someone feel uncomfortable, I know different now I apologize. And, and yeah, this is not okay. And I want to prevent other mm-hmm. people from doing this. Well, and let me, I want to make sure that other people are not affected this way. Let me yes, And that and say the
1: same, like, To anyone who I've ever made feel uncomfortable, let, like, I am sorry. And I should never have um, done the things or put you in a position where you did feel uncomfortable. Um, I can, I know without a doubt, I can proudly say that I never abused anyone to my knowledge. Anyway, um, I never, you know, just took advantage of someone or anything like that. Um, anything I did was within the realm of like, you know, a conversation and, um, all parties knowing anything that was, you know, going to happen next, so there was no like surprise pictures or like snapchats that were unexpected or anything like that. In fact, that's part of why I never got involved with Snapchat. Um other than the fact that I just hate talking through pictures, it's really annoying. Um but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that anything else I did was better than those things. If I did something inappropriate, I did something inappropriate. And so, um if there is someone who listens to this who thinks that um or who has experienced that from me, um, please let me know. I will apologize to you and, and know that I'm sorry. Um, I'm trying to define my literally in my entire ministry experience off of correcting that issue um, and, 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 and making sure that I don't ever um, put someone in that kind of position again. And that's why I started absurdity was to advocate for things like this. And so I fully understand that I haven't always got this right. And, you know, I think honestly, Tony, the biggest thing that's coming next I think it. I think what's happening to, to um, I don't mean to make this political. I'm only using him as an example. So please understand that. But I think what happened to Kavanaugh right before his confirmation with Christine Blasey Ford, I think we're going to see that happen on a grand scale with our generation. Well, I, I think because, that's a perfect example. Because I think no one like I'm not trying to blame our parents for this because there's no way to blame for them for this. Our parents, for those who are 26, those who are about, like, I would say probably 32 or so to, or 30. Millennials. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say the full range of millennials, though. I would say a subgroup That's within. Basically, our parents did not know what Snapchat was or really, like, what we would do. Like, a lot of them did not even conceive, couldn't, could not conceive what would be done over cell phones with their teenagers Um, when the iPhone was released, especially, um, it was happening on flip films and everything else. Don't get me wrong, but like, they just didn't know to warn us about certain things. Yeah.
0: It took it, it it went to a different level with smartphones. And
1: I think what we're going to see, like, I remember there's an NFL player who got something dug up from 16 years ago or not 16, I'm sorry, like 11 years ago on Twitter. And someone that I know said, oh, he should have gone back and deleted that. Like it was 11 years ago. I don't remember what I, what I tweeted yesterday. And which is probably nothing because I always forget that Twitter exists. So the, um, <laughs> but my, my point being like, you're going to have an entire generation of people about a 10 year, I would give it a 10 year kind of range of individuals who all fell to the prey to the same kind of thing of sexting of all of it. Um, and those stories are going to come out. Those stories will come out as those as now those individuals grow up, enter positions of power, run for office, you name it. You're gonna see that come out in droves. And the world we're gonna to have to decide as a society, given how widespread that problem is. I just told you it's as young as second grade now. We're gonna to have to decide as a society where that line is and, and how much we're okay with as far as that's concerned. Because and it's gonna happen when it happens. Because you've got I mean it's there's, there's no place, all of that's now recorded. All of that's on record now. And I think, I think we are going to see accusations and people's teenage years come out in droves against them. Um, I think the same for college years. And for some people, I think it will be more justified than others. Um, I think there is some amount of teens being teens and kids being kids, but not in the realm of like... <sighs> This is really hard without, like, thing. saying specific th- things. You know what I mean? But I well, I, but it, I, think it does have to be the, judged somewhat on a situation-by-situation situation basis to some extent.
0: I agree, and you need to understand intent. But here's the thing. I think Kavanaugh's a perfect example for that. I will get political about this. I don't. I don't no, but care. yeah, well, yeah, that's fine. I'm just saying, like, this I think is that was... Exi- yeah. the, the institution will continue to protect until we decide, you know what? Someone's got to be the, the lamb. One is just going to have... You got you to deal with it because here's the guy. Oh, well, he was in college. Brock Turner, all these things over and over again. Kavanaugh had a verified and it corroborated and the system literally, if you understand that, if you understand, there's a second person that has now come forward, Gracie Ramirez. and And now you understand that not only did the FBI not investigate this person who now has a lifetime appointment to the highest office we have in our judiciary system in this country, not only do they not vet or do their due diligence, but it wasn't just Christy Baisley Ford, and that should have been enough. That should have been enough. So when we say things, and this is why you have to be so careful, when we say things like the institution is protecting, okay, people were not able to put aside their political partisanship to say this is wrong, this is not Okay. They were not able to to put aside what they wanted. They said, well, we want this guy. He believes what we believe, so we want him in. How much more is this going to be with your pastor, with your, oh, well, they were studying that, then they shouldn't. And I understand we have to have room for people to make, for for, for people to to make mistakes and and find forgiveness and healing. I I will grant you all that, but if I... God forbid I ever have daughters. Because if that ever happens, I I I I don't know what I'm going to do. And and right now, I would not feel comfortable sending my daughters to a lot of Adventist institutions. And and I'll be real about that. And we're not, Based we're, on not so talking, many we're not that just see. talking we're not just talking I'm not talking just schools, yeah, or yeah. I'm not just talking. I'm not just talking colleges. I'm saying from the ground up. There's so many places that I'm not comfortable for so many reasons, but just on this is not a place where if something happens to them, they will feel safe. Mm -hmm. And that has to change. It has to change, and it's not going to unless we start talking about it, unless you, the listeners, start doing something about it. And that's why, to me. Oh, you, me too is a positive thing. It's going to be a headache. It's going to be a problem. And I am all for advanced education. I am all for it. The statistics show it works, but we need to do better from the ground up. And if the headache is too much more then take a hard look, I, I've said this before. There was an incident here. It was just about the cold. But they said, well, you know, it's it's cold. But, and I they go, it's below freezing. It was 14 degrees. And they said, well, it's hard for, you know, there's certain things that people, if you're not prepared on Andrew's campus to deal with 14 degrees, then you should be fired from your job. It snows here all the time. If you know that there's a, a sexual abuse problem on your campus and you're not doing something for it, I guarantee you that while you might keep your job, God is going to call you accountable for it and you are going to have to stand before your God and Savior, and he's going to look you in the eyes, and that is going to come front. Now, did he die for those sins? Absolutely. But the pain that you caused, that you allowed by not doing the job, the responsibility handed to you is going to come down. Know that that's going to happen. Beyond that, our responsibility now is to do the, the the things that need to get done because if the next if the last generation is not going to do it, we got to be the one to do it so that the next one doesn't have to deal with it. So that Gen Z and whatever follows Generation Z, whatever follows that is going to not have to deal with it. Because mm-hmm. I don't want my daughters to ever feel not safe. And we live in a world of sin. I get it. I get but it. That doesn't
1: mean we need to just be okay. But it all shouldn't of a happen.
0: I can't change what's happening out there. I can't change what's happening in my church. That's the point of absurdity. If we're not talking about this, if we're not helping deal with this problem, then I right. honestly, this is the basis of what we need to do. And I think this is the issue we need to talk about. How do we make this better? How do we move forward? We need to talk about it. We need to bring it up. And and I and I I am so sorry for anybody that this brought up feelings and wounds and everything, but I hope that you speak up about this. Because it's not right. And just know that there is a God of justice, okay, who is watching and looking and sees your pain and wants to heal you from it, but also is going to bring about justice. And he wants it on this earth, not just in the world to come, on this earth. And we need to do our job to be able to make sure that happens, to make sure that our women and men feel safe in our institutions. Mm -hmm. I agree. It has to happen. And if that's not priority A1, then maybe we should stop and take a year off and evaluate it. Yeah. And maybe some heads should roll because that is not okay. There were three rapes reported in 2017, according to the own security report from Oakwood that Oakwood filed three, three unacceptable. That is unacceptable, and I don't know what their follow-up was, so they may have done a perfect job with it. The fact that three happened is a problem. But the fact that three happened is terrible, and I want to go through, and I'm going to go through and see, hey, how many other institutions are these things happening? Mm -hmm. Because we need to do better. We need to do better. We have to do better. Yeah. I agree. Because people are not going to be able... People are not going to be able to connect to God in the manner that they need to. Yeah. In a place where they should feel safe and protected.
1: I um, agree at 100%. I do want to make sure that we are also responsible in the justice that we seek. Um, I know that there are... There's a way there is you do not seek vengeance you seek justice
0: yeah this is not so, vigilante yeah like let's let's yeah. be clear if
1: heads need to roll then let's make sure the that That's a metaphor yeah statement. yeah well no no i'm not saying like we're gonna kill them what i'm saying is like if heads need to roll for something let's make sure they're they're rolling because that's a justified response right. to what's happening right and and and,
0: and, and give yeah. people a chance to do the right thing yeah that's the yeah. other thing don't don't go off you know Don't make a bad situation worse, but there needs to be, and thank God, again, thank God that that we now have the systems in place to hold our institutions accountable for this and to say, we
1: need to start doing a better job. And there, I know of some people who've already reached out to me. I know people I've reached out to that are going to be sharing stories soon. This is not the end of this conversation. I am trying to figure out some more sustainable and kind of intentional ways for us to do something in this area regarding sexual abuse and assault, especially in our churches. Um, And I don't want to do something like, uh, you know, 10% of our proceeds this month is going to go to whatever, because if I do that, then um, like, I can't do that for every cause. So I can't just go like 10% for this, 10% for that, 10% for this. Um, so I am trying to figure out a way if you have suggestions, go ahead and contact us in the contact info in the show notes and let us know if you have something that you want to add to the Oakwood conversation. If you're from Oakwood and you want to come on and maybe we said something that's totally wrong and you need to fact check us, uh, contact me. Let me know. I'm open to having people on. I'm hoping to continue this conversation. Um, there is no conversation on absurdity, not a single episode that we've done that is not open to discussion further or open to further discussion. That was a weird way to say that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Every conversation we're, I'm down for a part two. Let's do it. I'm down for a part three. Um, if you just want to yell at Tony for an hour, I'm game to air that. If you want to yell at me for an hour, I'm game to air yeah, that. i been a
0: pastor for a while. Yeah. Go ahead. If you
1: want to yell at me for an hour, I'm game to air that to our patrons only. So if you have, <laughs> I'm kidding. I would air that to everyone,
0: but for $5 a month,
1: you can yell at, at me. Yes. For any reason. Um, no we and if you are a victim i'm sorry for any um any abuse that you've experienced i'm sorry for anyone who's perpetuated that abuse by protecting your abuser um or by not taking you seriously and know that tony and i um the entire team because i can say that we have a team the team is praying for you um so um let us know what we can do yeah if there's something that we can do if you want to share your story if you want us to share your story in an anonymous way um let us know as well um that is something that um, we are we are dedicated to doing is to serve those who listen to this podcast and the community that's been built from it so thank you guys so much for listening thank you for being a part of this journey Um, we're still figuring this out too um and I hope you understand where we're coming from on all this and to Oakwood know that we are praying for you everyone there that is healing from from and seeking justice we're praying for you and for your campus as a whole and to the Oakwood as a university know that both Tony and I we love you as a university I know I work at Southern Oakwood is a great university All right Absolutely I think Oakwood is a great Absolutely. university Um, So I am not by any... This is not an attack on Oakwood.
0: I don't think any school is handling this situation the way that... Please please don't walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Please do not walk away thinking this is an attack on... the This is... We're we're talking about everything. It happened to happen there, but this happens everywhere. So thank
1: you guys so much for listening we'll end it there if you want to reach out let us know if you want us to keep talking about this let us know um contact us leave us a message on facebook facebook.com slash absurdity podcast but thank you guys so much for listening we'll see you next week Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.